Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card, issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval terms apply. So why do you want to learn a new language? I'll tell you why. Because donde esta el baño can be a very important question at times. You know, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. Fast track your language acquisition with immersive lessons designed to teach you to pick up languages in a natural way. I love the fact that I can go from my laptop to my phone to pretty much anywhere and learn the language of my choice. Not to mention I'm bringing my communication skills to new heights. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a limited time, Star Talk Radio listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash startalk. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash startalk today. Welcome to Star Talk. Your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. Ladies and gentlemen, Bill Nye the Science Guy! Woo! Eugene! One arm guy hug! Yes! Eugene Merman, ladies and gentlemen! Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, kids of all ages, we have a fabulous show tonight, an amazing show. We are all going to leave this room spiritually and go to Mars. The man who created Mark Watney, the man who wrote the book about being the Martian. Give it up for Andy Weir. I'm reluctant to say this is the funniest woman on earth, but she may very well be. Maeve Higgins. May. Thank you, Bill. Thank All you. right. Then straight from the best brand the United States has, from the Science Mission Directorate, Division for Planetary Science, Jim Green. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, Andy Weir, you created this uh, amazing character, Mark Watney, who's, uh, I know a woman who's just super hot for this guy. <laughs> not, not for Matt Damon, but for uh, Mark Watney. Well, um, I'm, I, I mean, he's based on me, so... <laughs> Just, you know. Now, you wrote this book, you started out online? Yeah, uh, originally I, I wrote The Martian as just a series of uh, blog posts. Who was reading it? Uh, well, I'd accumulated about 3,000 regular readers over the course of 10 years of making like web comics and short stories and stuff like that. And uh, so uh, th they were my regular readers, and they were a bunch of hardcore dorks like me. And so... Uh, <laughs> Ow! There's one in the wild There's now. There's one now. <laughs> and um, so when I was writing it, I knew I had to be as scientifically accurate as possible because there's n nothing a nerd likes more than calling out scientific inaccuracies. So, so. What's, I know, it's true. That's hot. Now, this, I know, do you still get one. people coming to you and going like, that's not how you'd go to Mars? <laughs> sort of, right? Well, but Jim and I have worked things out now, so yeah. it's good. <laughs> So along that line, Jim, you, uh, as long as, I mean, you spent a lot of time with Mars. You were there for, you ran Curiosity Landing? Yes, I did. You, we, uh, you guys, right on. Yeah. You uh, ran Messenger, which we brought oh, yeah. into Mercury. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I was there for the launch of Juno. J-U-N-O is not an acronym. It's crazy. That's, that was... Well, it's Jupiter's wife. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know all the moons that orbit Jupiter are named after the, uh, in mythology, named after Jupiter's lovers? Like the ones he was Does cheating Juno, on his wife with? Juno and now Juno's going <laughs> to head on over there. 
and she's going to kick some ass, I think. You know, she, uh, so Juno's on her way. Not to get too far afield there, but aren't there so, so 60 moons of Jupiter? Yeah. Zeus, Zeus slash Jupiter, he was a busy guy. If you look up the... Not 90% of, 90% of Roman mythology is like, Jupiter, no. And Jupiter's like, Jupiter, yes. So... Uh, so, speaking of, of gods, uh, Mars is named after the god of war, mm-hmm. uh, which is very troublesome. Why was it named after the god of war? Well, that's a Roman name. You know, prior to that, the Greeks named it Ares. Was that the god of war? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But it's because it's... If you okay, believe so DC red. Comics. Yes. Yeah, blood red. Blood red. Blood red. And, and you can see it, of course, in January. Beautiful alignment. Go on out, take a look at it, just before the sun comes up. (laughs) Yes! Uh, So not yet, everybody, wait. uh, (laughs) Stick around. Stay in your seats. (laughs) We got time. uh, uh, um, I almost called you Mark. That that happens so often, and it's awesome when it's in live radio interviews, too, because you can't just... Can't correct him, you know. This is live. So, Mark, tell us. Uh, this is live too. So, you finished this novel in 2011, and uh, who approached you? Ridley Scott. Who approached you? No, yeah, he just knocked on my door. No. Um, Ridley. Initially, no. Uh, initially, uh, no one approached me. I self-published it. So, basically, I had been um, putting it on my website a chapter at a time until I was done, and I thought. Okay, I'm done. We're done with this. On to my next project. And then I got emails. But didn't you have a job during all this? Yeah, I was a computer programmer the whole time. So this was my hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody whistled, wow, computer programmer? Oh. <laughs> now they're interested. <laughs> yeah, I'll, tell you why, I'll, I'll tell you why base classes always need virtual destructors later. Um, <laughs> the number of people who left, those are the ones who got they're, it. They're there. Yeah. <laughs> this is Silicon Valley. Okay. So um, very specific anyway, comedy. It's very specific <laughs> comedy. Um, so I figured I was done, move on to other serials, other short stories. And then I got email from people saying like, oh, hey, I love your story, but I hate your website, um, which is reasonable because it's crap. And um, it's just really Self-admitted. ghetto. Self-admitted. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's and, a programmer, um, just remember. Yeah, I'm a programmer. <laughs> Not a graphics guy. Um, and so they said, can you um, make an e-reader version so I can just download it and read it on my e-reader? And so I figured out how to do that, and I did, did that. Did you have an income stream for this messing around? No. This was all just fun. My income stream was from being a Silicon Valley software engineer, which is pretty good. So <laughs> don't worry about me. Um, but so, then, um, yeah. but then uh, so I did that. I said, like, okay, here's an e-reader version. So now you can read it on my site for free or download the e-reader version. And then uh, other people contacted, you know, emailed and said, like, hey, uh, love, the, love the Martian, hate your site. And um, I, I noticed that you have an e-reader version, but I'm not very technically savvy, and I don't know how to download a thing from the Internet. And so can you make a movie for me to watch? <laughs> <laughs> Does everybody know what happened? Okay, there's a few. There's you guys few. know what happened. The, the, you create a character. Uh, you create a whole crew of characters. They're on yeah. Mars, one's around uh, 2035 or something like that. Yeah, you, it's good you check your watch for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, Martian time. And it's also, it tells the future. <laughs> Tomorrow, there will be a 749. There will be 754. <laughs> Two of them. Was yeah. there a reason that you chose 2035? Uh, yeah, actually, I did all the orbital trajectory analysis and calculation to figure out the best time to go to Mars with the ship that I Nerd man! Yeah. <laughs> So I wrote, so it had to be I wrote software. It had to, to be do there it. in Thanksgiving. What's that? It had to be and there yeah, in November. So my constraints the- were that I wanted to be far enough in the future that it makes sense for the Ares program to have developed in the intervening time. Ares is the name of the rocket. Yep. Yeah, Ares is the name of the, the ship, or the, the program, actually. Mm-hmm. The name of the ship that took him there is Hermes, who is the messenger of the gods. In, within Greek mythology, he goes from one god to another and tells And makes stuff. those beautiful scarves in his downtime. Yeah, Hermes. <laughs> yes, he's Hermes. So talented. That was funny because they did, if you watch the movie, in a few places they call it Hermes. Because Ridley Scott directed it and he says Hermes instead of Hermes. Why does he say that? And he also says Martinez uh, instead of Martinez. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, You know, they, are the British people here? Anybody Scottish people? Can we talk? Dave, you know. Can we talk back? I wake you up in the middle of the night. Yeah. Do you talk the way that. Yeah. You mean is her accent. Do you talk the way real people do? (laughs) 
Ask me that again. You mean, am I dreaming in my accent? No, no, yeah. I mean, do you, do you put it on just for no, us? Just he to really, impress us. Oh, yeah. like is this this elaborate character that I've yes, been doing yes. for 34 years? Yes. It's a conspiracy <laughs> among millions and millions of Irish yeah. people. They're actually... Say, what could make us more adorable? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just... <laughs> and I, I also want to know... You sound, oh, so anyway, these guys end up on Mars. Well, wait, I, I got one other question for you. What, what other things would happen if he woke you up in the middle of the night? I just... <laughs> He's just oh, there, you. you know. He's just—he's right there. I guess saying. I mean I would be surprised, and, <laughs> and I mean we work together. It's not really, yeah. Appropriate. I guess, yeah, it would be inappropriate, but then like he's very Handsome. well known, and um, <laughs> I'm at the beginning of my career. Yeah, we can work it out. So, yeah, we, we can, can work, work it out. out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really well, hope my boyfriend hears this. Uh, uh, I'm not so sure I do. Yeah. <laughs> so, Andy, mm-hmm. these guys, the crew ends up on Mars and something goes horribly wrong and one guy gets left behind. Mm-hmm. And uh, we spend a book, a movie, trying to resolve this issue. I don't want to give too much away, but Matt Damon plays the lead character. And he makes it to the end. Okay, he doesn't. <laughs> Spoiler. Spoiler. Yeah, I'm sorry. Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but, Andy, what drives you? What makes you want to do this? About half the people are just storming out in anger. Yeah. I had no idea. What drives me to do this? Um, well, I mean, I've been a space dork my whole life. I was pretty much doomed to be one. My father's a physicist. My mother's an engineer. Um, the space pro- I mean, when I was a kid, the, the space shuttle program was, like, new and exciting, which was probably going to make some people feel kind of old. But um, I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> Go back to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> it's back in my day. It's back yeah, in my day. Back in your day. Yeah. My day. Yeah, yeah. We don't got I me. Mean, yeah, for, for for you guys, you know, when you were kids, the space program was Chinese people inventing gunpowder, right? I mean, but so. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and Captain Kirk fabricated it. <laughs> yes, that's right. To, to defeat the Gorn, I believe. Defeat the Gorn. Um, but. Um, and so I've always been a science dork, and I'm, I, I've, I've always loved this stuff. And I, I came up with this idea that for an astronaut stranded on Mars, but I wanted everything to be physically accurate, just because I always get taken out of a story when I see some blatant physical inaccuracy. The and book I, is know, fairly accurate too, right? Or very accurate? Oh, the book's delightful in many ways, but you know it is. Sorry, I meant to say, is the book delightful scientifically? <laughs> Uh, let me think about that. So, you know, it's science fiction. There are things in the book that, uh, you know, we don't find on Mars. Not yet, anyway. Not Exemplary gradient, uh, for example. Oh. Well, Matt Damon's not on there. Yeah. So, <laughs> but there is a guy from Boston. <laughs> Probably buried. Is that what you meant? Buried somewhere on Mars. So, um, yeah, from the big dig. <laughs> Turns out that's but, where Jimmy the, Hoffa the is. The dust storm. The dust storm. Okay, you yeah. know, Mars has famous dust storms. They go, you know, global sometimes. You can see them with telescopes from Earth, right? Yeah, absolutely. And they it look gnarly the entire planet. from space sometimes. But, um, but in reality, the pressure is so low. How low is it? It's very low. <laughs> About one two hundred seven atmosphere. Yeah, one two hundred seven atmosphere roughly of what we have, you know. And so, although the winds can be pretty hefty, it can be one hundred and twenty miles an hour, but that's not enough to straighten an American flag, let alone blow away a you know radio dish. Because there's so few molecules going that fast. <laughs> right, that's right. You, so, you, so you did? Did you have trouble watching the movie with all its lies then? No, absolutely not. <laughs> Were you like another lie, another lie? <laughs> Stop lying to me, Ridley. <laughs> Are you going to put it on Ridley? All right. Yeah, I could. <laughs> yeah. Well, Freaking Ridley. Now, what you got to do... Guy. That book's accurate. Delightfully so. <laughs> Delightfully so. But you, you got to check the science at the door and go on in and enjoy it. It's, it's enjoyable. It's great. You're you know, I do that kind of movie, stuff all day long. Why do but, I yeah. want to sit in but the movie on. theater and think about some more of it? <laughs> Andy, as Nerd Man, nerd you man. had to work out some serious scientific problems. Yeah, I did. Um, yes, absolutely. The, uh, the dust storm is, or the sandstorm is inaccurate. And I knew that at the time. I just didn't care. Um, <laughs> I wanted a good reason to strand him there. And at the time I wrote it, most people didn't know 
that. Like most people thought that a sandstorm on Mars. But then because The Martian got so popular and became a very popular movie and then got a bunch of scientists talking about it, now everybody knows a dust storm on Mars can't do that. So but I shot myself cool. in the foot. It was, you blew the thing over and yes. you couldn't see. Right. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah, what are those chunks, by the way, that were coming out? You know? <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know. Space but, um, debris. Space one debris. of my favorite yeah. things is how JPL almost ruined everything. Um, when I, uh, well, you know, I wrote the book. It was done. It was already in final editing. I can't make any more changes or uh, other than, like, copy editing and, you know. And, and, like, at that point, like, they were deciding they had it down to the final four candidates of where they were going to land Curiosity. They eventually landed it, you know, near Mount Sharp and Gale Crater. But, um, you know, one Mount of the... Sharp. Mount Sharp. Mount Sharp, Gale Crater. On Mars, you know. Yeah, on, on, on The Mars. big one. Right, on Mars. Not the which is, one, which is thousands and thousands of kilometers away from all the things that happen in the Martian. Not a problem. One of the final four candidates on where they were thinking about landing it was Marth Vallis, which Mark drives through. Like, I specifically call it out in the book. He drives through yep. this ravine, right. Marth Vallis. He would have had to have gone around the rover to keep going. And I'm like, oh, you guys are killing me with your stupid real stuff. And then my, my, but my favorite little, little... It's uh, like they didn't even take that into account. It's like they... <laughs> you know... Nobody asked me. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. Oh, well. Sorry about that. Yeah, I know. Well, so, Jim, you one of my favorite the final decision. No, actually, I didn't. But we were down to the last four, and I loved any one of those. So, so my boss did, and that was um, uh, Ed Weiler at the time. And uh, so, yeah, everybody, this is the real guy. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> this is the. So, just so we're clear, just so we're clear. The character in the book, Venkat Kapoor, who is in the movie Vincent Kapoor, that's, he holds that position in the real NASA. So if you're curious, <laughs> that's who he is. So, uh, your tax dollars at work. <laughs> that's right. <clears throat> and they work, too. <laughs> but um, what, what, one other, my favorite little you know, stories of like, you know, space research screwing with me is um, the, uh, the University of Arizona that runs the high-rise instrument. High-resolution camera. Um, apparently, we have like four of their alumni here today. <laughs> but four people um, who are anyway, great at clapping. They they <laughs> in, they in just the got book, the joke Bill made ten minutes ago. In, in, in the book, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, they're U of A. I mean, but <laughs> somebody got it. <laughs> yeah. But um, in the book, I give the exact latitude and longitude of the Hab. And so the hab is the hab the, the habitat, the, the, the main the, the base where most of the Martian takes place, where Mark Watney is stranded, where where, where they are. The their hab, landing the site. Habitat. Um, yeah. And um, and so I describe the terrain as being kind of flat and sandy. There's not much going on in Macedalia Planitia. It's a large, empty desert and stuff like that. And the guys who run high rise are like, let's check. And so they did these super high rise photos of the Habs location on the real Mars. And they're like, well, that's nothing like he described it. <laughs> yeah, but Ridley got it right. You know, because yeah, there with are, the, some yeah. beautiful craters right, right around where that hab would be. And, yeah. and, and the scenery looks great. Yeah, it does. Those, must, those people must hate Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Almost. Yeah. So they don't have, have good resolution on galaxies far, far away. <laughs> They don't have, we don't have a camera for that yet. Yeah, we're working on it. Okay, thank you. <laughs> so the guy's on Mars. He's got a lot of food because there were supposed to be six people, but he's only one. Yeah, um, and they left in the book, they left after six days of a planned 31-day mission, and they had redundant food supplies. So he had enough food to last about 400 souls. A soul is a day on Mars, for the four of you who don't know that. Um, and... Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, three of you and one of her, I guess. So <laughs> Wait, I, I, have, uh, I know it is that, but why is that? Why is it called a soul? Soul is Latin for sun. It just means, uh, because day is an ambiguous term. Day to scientists means the time it takes Earth to rotate once on its axis, just Earth. So Mars rotating on its axis, that's one Martian soul. I, Venus. I remember. Uh-huh. <laughs> During the disco era. Uh, <laughs> A different soul. That's yes, right. right. <laughs> different soul. The soul train. The soul. Tell but us what Studio 54 was like, Bill. <laughs> I don't remember, man. <laughs> yeah, he was there. 
yeah. Bill Nye, science high guy. Bill, 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 Bill. Stereotypes. You don't always do that well with the ladies. Still the stereotypical male in here. I know it's shocking. Uh, until, What's worse I, is a computer programmer, by the way. Well, until. <laughs> but, but I'm so, a computer programmer, so. and I wrote a book about Mars. So okay, anyway, yeah. Yeah. keep yeah. it calm, ladies. That's right. <laughs> that end. We're going to take a break, and Star Talk will be back uh, right after this. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any of you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. Talking about Mars, 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 uh, hypothetically, uh, the Martian, the movie, the book, this hypothetical character living, uh, surviving on this hostile world. But Andy, mm-hmm. when Viking landed on Mars, 1976, a was this hip new word. Mm-hmm. And the length of a day, a sol on Mars is very much like an earth, the Earth, right? Yeah. It's a- so if a guy's going to find a way to come up with some new food source, he's going to have sunlight. Yep, um, but that's not uh, not really what our uh, hero does. I mean, he's he's inside the hab, so he used the lighting of the hab to help grow food. It's, it's uh, much less sunlight. You're one and a half times as far, as far away, right? Right, and but he had a huge solar farm, so effectively, he's it's rather inefficient. But he didn't have a lot of equipment to work with, so he's like, collecting energy with the solar farm and then using it to power lights inside the hab. What should he have done? Jim, what, what should, should he, he have done? done? Well, he did exactly what I would have done. <laughs> <laughs> However, you know... Um, <laughs> sorry. Are you, you, you are so diplomatic. I really enjoy that about you. a massive voice. You know how to get more funding. <laughs> so, you guys, you just don't know... As CEO of the Planetary Society, I can tell you there is a great deal to that little insight. This is diplomacy man right here. <laughs> okay. no, so what would you a- do? Would you not send... Well, I would uh, definitely uh, had the imagers uh, see his dead body on Ares 3. I'm playing my part on the movie. Sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) But, but, you know, the soil, the soil where curiosity is, is very acidic. And so asparagus would grow nice. And, oh, my God, asparagus for 500 days. And his pee would would smell so bad. (laughs) Wait, it really would? Asparagus would grow in that soil? Yeah, in the acidic soil. So in the alkaline soils, uh, the uh, potatoes would grow better so just but you guys everybody he grows potatoes that's how he lives through it yeah spoiler spoiler yeah 
We've literally ruined the movie yeah. for you. It's, uh, well, what it's only going to get worse, I'm afraid. <laughs> so another one of those great things where NASA ruined me was they like landed after, curiosity. After curi- yeah, after curiosity. Man. So in the book, he has to go through this huge ordeal to make enough water to survive. He needs to... Because the water system within the hab is self-contained. You know, humans consume water, humans give out an equal amount of water, so it's fine. But to grow potatoes, he needs a lot more water. He needs to, to, to moisten all this soil that he's bringing in. He needs hundreds of liters of water. So he takes hydrazine from the descent vehicle that had brought him there, goes through this chemical reaction. Perfectly li- safe. Yeah, like incredibly <laughs> dangerous. Goes through this chemical reaction to liberate the hydrogen, then collects CO2 from the atmosphere, runs that through the oxygenator to liberate the oxygen, then mixes them together to make water. Yeah. Okay, that's great. Okay. Turns out, turns out, you know, Curiosity goes to Mars, scoops up some sand and goes like, there's a shitload of water in here. And, <laughs> and it's like 35 liters of water for every cubic meter of Martian soil or regolith because would, we're not supposed to call anything off yeah, of Earth's soil. Would he but, be able okay. to get the water yeah, out Yeah, what of you do, it's that? very complicated. Sure. You have to bring the soil in and then you have to heat it. <laughs> Yeah. Even I think I could do that. Uh, yeah. I feel like I would do fine on Mars. So to, to, hearing to put that. this into to put this into to put this into terms that you know don't don't require you to do a bunch of math in your head. If you took a refrigerator and filled it with Martian soil, and then got all the water out of that soil, you would have 35 two-liter bottles of water. Just like that. Just like that. That's so a pretty so good recipe. The entire subplot Sorry. where he's getting water wouldn't have mattered. And so to answer your thing, um, <laughs> since it's so e- since in real life it would be so easy for him to get a hold of that much water, he could have gotten a whole bunch more water than the soil he brought in and used that to scrub the soil. Well, actually, you know, recently we found weeping craters. Yeah. You know, during during the summer season, they, they you know what we believe is happening is that aquifer. they miss Mark. Uh, well, actually, they, there's one. What's, oh, what's only, a weeping only, crater? Uh, I, I like that a lot, yeah, by the way. Yeah. yeah. So during the summer, light from the sun shines on these crater walls, and they're what we believe are underground aquifers, and the the water plug sublimates and it just pours down the side of the craters. So it's like so a water a waterfall? Yeah. Well, it's sort of, oh, there well, it's, uh, it sort of creeps. I mean, it's mm. not uh, for long because it wets the soil. It boils the water off. wets the soil. Lovely. And then, and then eventually... So um, he should have buckets. Well, he, uh, you know, he would have no- normally gone to his well where it would have gone down to the aquifer <laughs> and pumped out the water. I'm not sure how many recurring slope lineae there are in the relatively flat areas. Of There's the one within 100 miles, closer than Pathfinder. Guys, guys. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> Break it up. How about, how about this? There's a sequel to The Martian. Somebody gets stranded, and it's like 25 minutes long, and it's fine. he survives fine. He just gets the water. Because yeah. he's like, oh, my God, there's all this water, and plus this. Oh, look, the curiosity. <laughs> now, Andy, where'd you get the idea to, to take potatoes? Uh, so potatoes, I, I went through a bunch of different possible crops. The ones I originally what I wanted but to not do asparagus. Was, not asparagus. <laughs> Thank God. The one I originally wanted to grow uh, for him to grow was peas, um, because it makes perfect sense for there to be peas in the meal pack, and peas are the seeds for peas. I mean, that's you plant peas. That's you get the thing peas. I gotta say, concern me about the potatoes. But go ahead. Yeah. Um, so why were the potatoes still viable? Well, I, I thought it was a nod to your Irish heritage. It was not. No. <laughs> I, I, I mean, a, a, as any normal person would, I try to hide the Irish, you know. Oh. <laughs> you can beat me up later. Um, no, uh, the, the potato thing was because there is nothing that... Uh, potatoes have the very highest calorie yield per cropland area of, any, of anything. So if he were to grow peas, he would just not... In the land area he had inside the hab and all the volume he had access to, he could not possibly have maintained his calorie needs, but potatoes will do it. But uh, he had to fertilize it. Yeah, well, fortunately he has a method of producing that. <laughs> no, it is the most popular line in the movie. I think it's the most popular line in the book, and it's, uh, it's a meme. It's so, it's so popular. Everybody hip, I got to science the shit out of this. <laughs> yes. and was, well, and I guess more accurately, he science the shit into it, but... Um, <laughs> What's funny is, just worth noting, I, I, people come up to me, I love that line, my favorite line in the whole book is I'm going to science the shit out of it. Yeah, that line's not in the book. <laughs> that, that line was made up by Drew Goddard, who wrote the screenplay for the film. So I'm like, no, oh, I'm glad you liked it. I'll tell Drew. <laughs> he's a cool guy. I he's mean, a great guy. Yeah, and he's yeah. up for uh, an Academy Award yeah. for Best Adapted Screenplay. So, 
So he, he pulls it off. Our hero pulls it off. Our hero pulls it off. And how long did it take you to figure all this stuff out? Uh, well, it took me about three years to write the book. Because you haven't done a lot of farming. Not a lot. A little? <laughs> have you done a little farming? No. Nope, nope. Did you grow a potato? <laughs> nope. Nope. I have a brown thumb. Um, I kill anything I try to grow. Do you, uh, are you friends with botanists? Nope. I did all my research on my, by the way, I, I, I didn't know anyone in aerospace uh, at the time I wrote the book. All my research was just Google. Do you know a farmer? Uh, nope. Hmm? Hey, Jim. I know Google. Have you at this point met Matt Damon? Yeah, lots of times now because of uh, publicity events and stuff like that. Great. Yeah, he's like that. <laughs> Please tell him I say hello. Uh, I'll tell him. I'll, I'll let him know. You're from Iowa. You were born in Iowa. Born in Iowa. Are you just to go stereotypical? Were you a farmer? No. I was a far. I was a townie. A townie? Uh, yeah. In Burlington? Would you Burlington? drove in a oh, wow. convertible hitting people you in the face? You probably grew up with shoes and everything, huh? Yeah. yeah. What was your favorite part of the movie? Ah, my favorite part of the movie actually is when um, Mark Watney, uh, after he uh, extracts the, the rod out of him and, and uh, begins to survive, and he's, he's uh, uh, thinking about all the things on Mars that would kill him, and he enumerates them one right after the other. And you can see he's depressed. He's you know, probably the, one of the most depressed moments. And um, he finally figures out he becomes the astronaut he really is, what he's going to do next. And, and you can see that come over him. The it's just wonderful. Yeah, the, the transformation. I am not going to die. And um, that was it. And, and uh, that's what they do. You know, NASA's really famous for having the people that take almost insurmountable problems and solve them one at a time along the way. And that's one of the really great things about the book and really great things about the movie. And that is, um, that's what you have to do to be able to make it in this environment. When you, for survival, you solve one problem at a time. That's and you right. keep your sense of humor. Right. But of course, that, uh, uh, the great part about the book, of course, is uh, you, you thought you solved it and then you'd have another problem. Sometimes even bigger than the last. Doggone it! But, Jim. Yes, uh, What's really going on on Mars right now? And I say going on. What are we doing? Uh, what are we learning about Mars? You, you alluded to the weeping craters. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're making discoveries, you know, uh, at a rapid rate. And that's because we have some wonderful assets at Mars. We have several orbiters. Uh, one asset is uh, science talk. Uh, yeah, science device. talk for spacecraft. It's not a person who's there who's like undercover, <laughs> who you need to wake, and then he'll, anyway. True, on. true, true. <laughs> <laughs> and, and these spacecraft are making fabulous measurements. Uh, one we just put in orbit not too long ago is called MAVEN. And it's designed to see how the solar wind interacts with the atmosphere. You know, here on Earth, we're so lucky we have our magnetic field. Yes. And, yeah. I feel it. We are so lucky. That's something, if you're doing a gratitude list and you're searching for reasons, like you've had a terrible week, you can be like, magnetic Thank God field. for the magnetic yeah. field. No, you At guys, it makes, it, it makes the solar wind, these charged particles come to the, the poles like this and not... Or just go around entirely. Yeah, or it, miss. Either way, uh, yeah, well, we wouldn't be here talking about it if it... If it, it well, it's another example. Life probably would not be on this planet if it weren't well, for their magnetic field. Well, that's one of the things we're finding out because it's really stripped Mars's atmosphere. How long did that take? Well, it's been going on for billions of years. Um, oh, how many? <laughs> probably the last three and a half billion years that's been happening. But Mars had an enormous magnetic field early on. And so when it was born, along with the how Earth... How do we know that? That's cool. How do we know that? Ah, we, we can actually measure the, the remnant magnetic field from space that's laying on the surface of Mars. You know, Mars doesn't generate the field anymore inside. Because but when it did... Do we know why? Because yeah, it because... it's uh, molten core. Yeah. Uh, what happened to its molten core? The <laughs> it Is cooled. there anything I can do to help? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, wish, back up? I wish you could, yeah. but you can't. I believe but, you. Yeah. Even if I summon the powers of Thor? <laughs> so Mars is smaller than the Earth, right? Yeah, it is, but much bigger than the moon. Yeah, but this made it cool off, yeah? Uh, it does cool off faster than the Earth. That's, uh, you know, that's what um, uh, our planetary scientists say. Yeah. 
But um, but didn't hold it. What I'm getting at didn't that make the magnetic churning iron inside slow down and cool off and uh, harden well, up? Well, you know, there's a couple other ideas. There's uh, some huge impacts that are on Mars. A place called Hellas Basin, and it's actually in the opposite hemisphere of where the huge volcanoes were. This which is Olympus Mons? Olympus Mons and the Tarsus Ridge, Ridge and all, all the beautiful volcanoes. Was, and so was that, Mars once very fun? Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it was. Very wet, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it, the northern hemisphere, probably 25 or 30% of the northern, northern hemisphere was uh, an ocean. Oh, wow. And so... Three and a half billion years ago, we now know Mars looked like the Earth. Uh, it had rain. It had clouds. Did it it snowed. Like, did it have, like, McDonald's? Not yeah, was there Def Leppard? <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't have it at the time either, so... Well, it's got uh, rockets. We, we don't know that. Rocket? <laughs> they've, they've been here forever. So what... It, <laughs> well, that's the Grateful Dead. <laughs> oh, whoa. What are the other explanations for the magnetic field cooling off? There's uh, a volcano imp Giant impacts. Side, giant impacts. Impact. Anything that would change the differential rotation where the currents are. So an impact, uh, a cooling, uh, something stopped that, uh, that current that generates the field. Which we have here on Earth. Under Which we, thank goodness churning, we have churning, here on churning. Earth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I think the magnetic, ma magnetic field has played an important role. And we're just becoming aware of that because we're at Mars seeing what happens with a planet that doesn't gone. have one. So it's stripped away the atmosphere. Most of it, yeah. And the water of what happens to the water Well, evaporates. as soon as that starts, uh, you know, it evaporates. But it also on our ground. This is what we also found out from now more and more of our observations, and that is um, uh, the, the aquifers, uh, there's ice layers underneath, and in fact, we found a buried glacier. Uh, it's, uh, where is that? Well, it's, it's not, where, Mars, uh, not, not where Aries 3 <laughs> is, but it's uh, halfway between where Curiosity is and, and where... So uh, if I use my cell phone... <laughs> could I get there? I mean, would it the GPS? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you could. I could show you on your, you know, on a map where it's at. But it's on the ancient coastline where the old coast used to be. Those you know, were the days. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I, you know, right now the resources and things that we're finding on Mars, uh, and I've been telling the astronaut corps this too, is uh, don't bring all your water. Bring a straw, because we'll bring a straw. Bring a straw, because we'll tell you where to go to get it. Uh, Plenty of resources that are there if we use them. In situ resource utilization. ISRU. That's big. ISRU, yes. Yeah, that's my favorite thing. When, I love that. No, just ISRU. I'm not, I'm not making a joke. I know you're used to me just being a smartass all the time. But no, it's, it's uh, ISRU. I think that, that's absolutely the key to Mars exploration. Um, there's plenty of water. Uh, where you have, as long as you have energy, you can do everything else you need. Because, I mean, water, you break water apart, you've got rocket fuel. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's it. Or you break water apart and then mix it creatively with methane and you've got better rocket fuel. Well, your book has got it. I mean, you know, you've got the oxygenator. Yeah. And, and in Mars 2020, which is our next big rover that uh, we're going to launch in 2020, we haven't gotten a great name for it yet. Uh, it's, uh, uh, but we'll run a contest. We'll, we'll, we'll do oh, something. Oh, good, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll you bring you need to play. You, can you play. need to yes. be the, 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 the spiritual opposite of curiosity. You want to be called ennui. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, what I drag. do not care about this mile. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> so, so, how about Mr. Ding Dong? <laughs> Submit it. Know it Submit all. It. The Planetary Society will run the contest. Submit right. it, please. Let me. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Sometimes it takes a different approach. To help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission.
Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. Jim. Yeah. When do you think people will be walking on Mars? Well, I believe it's going to happen in my lifetime. You know, we're... Yeah. You're a kid. I am. So, Jim plans to live to be 500 years old. Yeah. (laughs) That's why I'm a vampire. So... (laughs) And that's why I'm sitting over here. Are you an immortal? Uh, Obviously. (laughs) But, uh, you know, we're following the president's direction. And, indeed, we want to be... Oh, you do everything he... Well, you know... Until anything that guy says, you're just like, yeah. And, uh, you know, he is, uh, NASA's part of the administration. So uh, the president is, uh, you know, my boss's boss's boss. And so we're we're heading in that direction, and indeed, it's the right direction. So he wants us to be able to have a presence in and around Mars in the 2030s. So that could be, you know, uh, going to Phobos, Deimos, perhaps doing uh, what we did to the moon, going out as a figure eight and coming back. So we want to be able to go out and come back. And then after that, in the 2040s and on, uh, begin to get humans down to the ground. I want to get there sooner than that. But with that said, you know, the Planetary Society, of which I'm the CEO, we... uh, (laughs) We did a study in uh, the end of March, beginning of April, where we brought 70 people from around the world, and we did an analysis, Jim, that we could send people in orbit around Mars in 2033. You can only go to Mars, Maeve, I know you're excited, every 26 months. And there's a lot, yeah, there's a lot of good orbits, but 2033 is an especially good one. Mm-hmm. And the premise of the bit, that, as we say in... Is that when he, you went... They're assuming home and transfer ellipses probably, and I I don't necessarily buy into those as best. But But, so the deal is, we did this analysis that you don't have to increase the NASA budget except adjusting for inflation, and you could get humans in orbit around Mars in 2033, and they could hypothetically on that trip land on Phobos, which you described as the uh, space station of Mars. The space station of Mars, and so you could land there and uh, study Mars from above. And then subsequently, you could go down to the surface if people just decided it was worth doing. Well, you could also study Mars on Phobos because a lot of Mars is sitting on the surface. But this is with people we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. So how about out there, audience, Sartakians, <laughs> uh, do you want to send people to Mars in 2033? <laughs> it would be cool. If, if we... If we increase the budget, could it be much sooner? Like, is the science there and just the money isn't? Well, there are some technologies that we have to work on. So we're doing the Mark Watney thing, and that is we're solving some technically tough problems along the way. For example, well, um, we want to get down uh, on the ground many ton. You know, Curiosity, we put down, was a one-ton rover, one metric ton. But from a sky crane. Yeah, some some neat neat engineering. Wily Coyote method of landing things. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. You guys just need to stencil acne on the side. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Well, there's a good reason why it was done the way everything it was. Everything that's great. I hope, everything, so. yeah, I I mean, hope there was a good reason. It, it, we weren't just jamming. No. Hey, cool. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we, you know, to do this kind of station that Mark Watney's at, uh, it is, that's got to be about 40 ton or so. So we want to be able to put at least... But hold a, it, 40 tons? Yeah. That's not that... That's not a million times correct, as correct. Correct. It's like I can see it from here. And we can see it from here. So there's a variety of techniques that we're developing right now that will be able to put more mass down on the ground. And how long does it take to get there? Well, from the top of the atmosphere down to the ground, about seven minutes. No, you mean to get to <laughs> from <Mars> Earth. Earth. <laughs> how much from Dallas? Yeah. <laughs> for that area. Seven minutes and. <laughs> it depends uh, on so that is that is that that is a million dollar question because a billion dollar. Well, yeah. multi billion dollar question because it has to do with the propulsion systems that you need to design. So the lowest energy transfer from Earth to Mars is called a Hohmann transfer ellipse, and it takes a little over eight months. 
Um, and that is the least amount of delta V necessary to get Changing from Earth speed. to Mars. Changing speed. The, the least you amount of oomph that you need. Um, mm. uh, however, if you have uh, ion drives or um, you know ion propulsion systems like the fictional uh, one in the Martian, yep. which is a real technology that real space probes have used, just not to that magnitude, then you could get there much quicker. Bad news is you need an energy source for it, which also means convincing the various nations of the Earth that it's okay to put a nuclear reactor in space. Mm-hmm. And um, woo, yeah. nuclear reactor space. <laughs> yeah. And so, Just, um, if we use molten salt, it's safe. Yes, <laughs> that's something I learned recently. Thor- hey, oh, thorium, thorium reactors. Yeah. Yeah. It's more yeah, than six t- months and less than a year to get to Mars. Right. Uh, and if you punch it, yeah, you get you get. Yeah, faster. then you can stay there for about 20 days, a short stay. You know, that's what uh, the Ares crew was doing. You get used to the time And then you have to come back. (laughs) 20 days is enough to, like, really relax, though. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah, now I feel refreshed. (laughs) And I'm ready for a six-month trip home. That's right. I just turned off my phone and stayed on Mars for a while. I feel much better. Uh, Yeah, you could. because the, when, the, when it's on the far side and there's no spacecraft above you, your phone would be off. Yeah. Be By the time we sent people to m- m- Mars, I guarantee you there would be at least one, one, tower one telemetry satellite in the sky at all times. Yeah. <laughs> then I would go. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so uh, indeed, uh, if, you, if you miss that 20-day window coming back, then you're going to have to stay there for a good three or 400 days and then come back in the next... Uh, so they're taking the potatoes. Next, uh, uh, so maybe uh, do yeah. 19 days just to keep a safe data. <laughs> <laughs> like, guess you oversleep. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. one thing to be like, I have to place. stay because there's a snowstorm. Another, like, oh, I have to stay for one year because of a snowstorm. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, now, let me ask you guys this. Hang on. Now, you talk to people. There's these guys who want to go to Mars one way and live, yeah. and people want to go there. I want to go die on Mars. Well, you probably will. But... Uh, <laughs> What do you think about, I just, I say this only, uh, I have strong opinions, which, as you know, are correct, but (laughs) how many people people, uh, want to terraform Mars? We're going to make Mars like the Earth. We're going to take that water, stir up the dirt, the sand, and just be just like home. Well, that may be fine for them. But, you know, right now, scientifically, we want to study it in the way it is. We want to understand everything about it before we bring humans there. Those living things that might be there. They might be there. But, I mean, you know, there's resources that we want to know about so that we can use them. Uh, But, you you know, Mars is going to change on its own. You know, the temperature of the sun continues to rise and uh, heats all our planets. And rising the temperature... Solar warming. Pardon? Solar warming. <laughs> Real problem. So, uh, by the way, if, if there's any climate deniers out there, it's got nothing to do with it. Okay, get over. Yeah, the yeah. sun's going to do this regardless. Yeah, we're talking regardless. four billion years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but y- you could change the temperature of Mars in the future with the sun's uh, energy increasing by four degrees C, or about seven degrees Fahrenheit. That takes the CO2 top, sublimates from the pole leaving this huge ice cap of water underneath it then uh, to also melt because the CO2 will form a greenhouse. And then Mars will return to a little bit of like what it was three billion years ago with a huge climate, how, much more extensive atmosphere. That? Yeah, how long will this take? Like, are we talking months or are we talking <laughs> weeks? No, it's going to take a while. You by know? 2033? No, it won't be by twenty. Millions of years yes, or uh, billions? Several hundred million years. Hundred oh, million. Yeah, that is too long in my yeah, opinion. That's about 800 million years. <laughs> I was really hoping to see a lush Mars. <laughs> Sooner rather than later. A little bit. Yeah, well, that won't happen in our lifetime. But, uh, you know, that's what ex- Not without technological intervention. So, Jim, what do you need? Your planetary division of the Science Mission Directorate. That's right. Adding as many acronym uh, letters as we can get in there. <laughs> what do you need to pull this off? Well... Uh, indeed, uh, we benefit from the enormous support by the American people. You know, now, when you say enormous, you guys, when you say enormous, I am of, I'm of an age where it was routine to hear people say, if they can put a man on the moon, why can't they 
blank. Make a magic marker cap that doesn't fall off or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. so the answer is always obvious. NASA's not in the business of building the magic markers, or we would have. Yeah, right. yeah, uh, yeah. So, but <laughs> not just that. You three. do make great markers. <laughs> in the Apollo era, the NASA budget was 4% of the yeah. federal budget. 4%. In... Uh, uh, now the, fed, the NASA budget is 0.4 percent of the. Federal. That's right. So it's a tenth of what it was in the Apollo era. That's true. Uh, so this is. So what would you guys want it to be? I mean, what is the military? 18 percent. I think it's 22. 22 percent. It it in other words, no. the wow. NASA budget used to be a fifth of the military budget. Now it's a fiftieth of the military budget. What? Boo. Uh, but what would you need? You need faster rockets, bigger rockets? Well, we, we, we're doing the investment right now with the funding we do get from the American people through Congress uh, in a really judicious way. From a science perspective, we're studying the heck out of Mars. Uh, we're, we want to know the everything heck? about it. Uh, well, okay. Uh, we're sciencing the shit out of it. <laughs> If you went on television and swore, you would get all the money you need. <laughs> True. <laughs> well, I don't know if you noticed, but I just did. <laughs> <laughs> on the radio. Oh. I'm talking oh. about really rigid, rigid people. <laughs> but, this uh, reaches people, sorry. You know, so, uh, you know, the scientifically, you know, Mars is ours at the moment. We really want to be able to understand it, and that will mitigate risk for our humans to Why'd go. Why'd you look at me, mitigate risk? What, what did I do? No, I was just looking around. No, yeah, stop the bungling idiots from getting... <laughs> when you say mitigate risk, you mean get killed, getting killed being much less likely. Well, you could take the Mark Watney approach of, um, uh, you know, burning hydrazine, or you could take, uh, you know... A straw. A straw, yeah, yeah, that's right. So these are the things that we learn along the way. And, and indeed, um, that helps us figure out where we want to go. We just had a major workshop with the scientists and the engineers that do a lot of this resource planning and got them together and say, here's Mars, where would you put humans and why? And we got 50 locations of just fabulous places to go on Mars. And we're studying those. This has been Star Talk about Mars. We've had uh, Andy Weir, creator of The Martian, Mae Higgins, insightful comedian, Jim Green, director of planetary science at NASA, and Eugene Merman. I've been your host, Bill Nye. Listen to Star Talk and turn it up loud. Thank you all very much. Thank you. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.